It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. Yesterday afternoon, President Biden announced his much-anticipated infrastructure program, his first major proposal following up on his implementing of the American Rescue Plan earlier in March. So what does this mean for getting people back to work? And what ways can they work with the House and the Senate to get this passed? We are speaking now with Heather Boucher, who is a member of the White House's Council of Economic Advisors. Heather, thank you for joining us this morning. Oh, well, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you, Jess. <laughs> Were you aware of the song Infrastructure? <laughs> I was not. I was just laughing about that. I want to hear the whole thing. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> we will make sure to send you the full clip so that you can play it at all of your meetings throughout um, Infrastructure Week. Okay, so let me start there. What is it like? Like, one, what was it like to hear about Infrastructure Week for four weeks is a weird distraction from what or for four years is a weird distraction from whatever was actually happening in the government? And what is it like to be part of an Infrastructure Week that isn't a punchline? It's real. We mean it. Well, it's very exciting. Um, You know, we know that we have needed to make these investments across our economy, across our society, in the the backbone of our economy, the infrastructure, the human infrastructure, the physical infrastructure. And, um, I mean, this has become a punching bag on on Twitter over the past few years as, you know, (laughs) while we know that we need to make these investments, and um, traditionally, uh, these kinds of investments have drawn bipartisan appeal. I mean, even the Chamber of Commerce, mm-hmm. actually, in, in the past 24 hours, has said, this is a great idea. We need to make these investments. Um, and, you know, across the, you know, the majority of Republicans and Democrats, when you pull them, say these are important. But we haven't been able to really bring it across the finish line. And I think what has been so exciting about working on this plan is how it is really calibrated to the economic challenges facing our economy and our society, um, how it's calibrated mm-hmm. to make sure that American compete um, in the coming decades, and, um, you know, and addresses the wide range of needs um, for investment that we've just been failing to do for far too long. So, I mean, the reason why, to, to your point, the reason why Republicans kept talking about Infrastructure Week when Donald Trump was president was because that's a very popular thing to focus on. And they would usually bring it up when they were trying to distract from something very unpopular that the administration was doing. So it, 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 following that logic all the way to today, um, it does feel like we should have some Republican support um, it, for this particular infrastructure plan, considering it has a lot of the things that Republicans have, have historically said that they wanted. Is the disconnect between Republican voters and, and even Republican entities like the Chamber of Commerce and Republican elected officials so great that we won't see Republican support for this? Or do you think we're actually going to get a couple? Well, it, that is that is certainly the big question. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think that the important thing is this. Right. What we saw already in 2021 is that the majority of the American people, both Democrats and Republicans, independents across the aisle, um, think that the American Rescue Plan, the one point trillion dollar package that we already put in place to deal with the coronavirus and to make sure that businesses and families and state and local governments could deal with that crisis. We know that this has been 
popular in a in a uh, a national way across political lines um, from a, a series of polls that have been out, and yet that that legislation did not get any Republican votes. So I think there is a question, you know, even if the majority of the people want government to be investing in, you know. Basic things, roads, transportation, um, wa- mm-hmm. no, clean water, the power grid. You know, and you've seen these crises um, over the past few years. It was just a few weeks ago that the power grid failed in Texas. People right. want these things to work, um, and that's not a partisan issue. So I, I think the question is um, whether or not uh, we'll be able to see that on Capitol Hill. But quite frankly, I remain optimistic. You know, as an economist, I'm focused on what it is that we need to do to create a strong economy that supports and broadens America's middle class. And this package, there's so much evidence that this package can do that. Um, So I remain hopeful that um, people will see the the light and uh, they'll be able to get it done. I think you guys have been incredibly smart in redefining bipartisan. There is no reason for a bipartisan to have to include just Republicans who happen to have been elected to office. If, if Republicans in the country support something and Democrats also support something, then that thing has bipartisan support. If Republican elected officials are too disconnected from their own voting base to recognize that, that does not change the bipartisan nature of the support. The other thing that I think has been really smart that you guys have done is is redefining or I guess better defining, it's not so much a redefinition as it is a, a more cohesive definition of infrastructure. Like infrastructure are the, it's, it's the, the organizational pathways that tie us all together. That doesn't just include roads and bridges. Um, talk a little bit about, about some of the other buckets that are covered by this infrastructure bill that we might not immediately go to when we hear that word. Yeah, I'm so glad you put, you pointed that because that is that is so incredibly important. And when you think about what it requires for an economy to function, you know, what are the basics that we all need? You know, certainly we need roads and bridges that don't fall down. We need transportation, mm-hmm. but we also, and we've learned, you know, over the past year, broadband super important piece of our nation's infrastructure. We've seen in recent years how access to safe drinking water is something that not every American has access to. Within one of the richest countries in the world, this is a really important piece of our infrastructure. Um, again, the power grid, um, you know, thinking about things like the state of our nation's schools and um, the paucity mm-hmm. of childcare centers, right? That, and yes. again, we've seen over 2020, if you can't get your, you know, if your child can't go to school or have a childcare center to go to, parents can't get to work, and that really hampers our economy. It drags our economy down. That's an important piece of our nation's infrastructure, and that brings me to the care pieces more generally. You know, the president mm-hmm. firmly put, you know, the the need for uh, home care as a part of our nation's infrastructure and care and you know, childcare centers as a piece of that. So, you know, cause that is, um, that's again, it's making possible for those of us that have, you know, a family member with disabilities or someone aging who needs help to get the support we need so that we can also go to work. It makes those things possible. Um, you know, I will also add, you know, we have long thought as core to our infrastructure, the fact that the United States was among one of the most innovative um, leaders uh, in the world, yeah. and yet we have been falling behind in the amount of money we as a country have been spending on research and development, and that is threatening our leadership um, in innovation globally, and that is a critical piece of making sure that our nation has the infrastructure, the solid foundation, so that we can uh, remain competitive for the next century. 
it's kind of embarrassing when you travel how much better uh, so many other countries are, not just in terms of like their trains are better and faster than ours are, but the it's easier to get Wi-Fi. <laughs> like it's easier, you know, th there are African countries where it is easier to use your phone wherever you are as far away from a city center than it is here. And, and that... That has always, it feels like it's gotten worse in, in, in recent years. Um, I remember traveling and feeling like, you know, well, stuff is a little bit better in America than everywhere else, but it's really fun to see all the museums and all the, meet the people, eat the new food. And now it's like, you get, you get anywhere in Europe and you're like, oh my God, we're so far behind. This is deeply embarrassing <laughs> for a country that thinks of themselves as first. But Americans well, don't and... like to hear that. Like Americans hate that argument. So can, how do you make that? <laughs> Well, it, it, it's tough to think that you're not the best at everything, but here's the other thing. Right. We also tend to pay more for those things when we do get them, yes. um, right? So we pay yes. more for broadband. We pay more for cell phones, um, even though the coverage isn't as great. And that, that gets to this really fundamental question, which is the kinds of investments that we're talking about in this package. These are the big ticket items that it really makes sense for the federal government to be investing in because it's really tough for any one yeah. firm to either have the wherewithal or um, to be able to garner the gains, right? You know, um, a lot of this is about what economists would, well, at any rate, I won't get into econ technical language here, but, but it is about, <laughs> you know, who, who benefits from these investments. And these are all investments right. that we all benefit from. And, you know, I mean, you also think too, you know, the United States has not been um, a global, you know, we are, we are trying to now be a global leader, but it's been tough for us to address issues around climate change. And so much right. of where we see our infrastructure failing is because we have to adapt to the ways that um, climate change is um, requiring that our infrastructure be resilient in new ways that it just wasn't you know, necessarily prepared for, right? And again, pointing to what happened right. in Texas, those kinds of storms just didn't used to happen all that often. Now they're, they're happening and they're, they're happening a lot. And oh yeah, we have once a in a generation money. storms a few times a year at this point, yes. Like exactly. 100%. Yeah, yeah. And any so, time that happens, so that with, costs us money. Yes, yes, it does. Uh, it, it, it costs us money, it costs us lives, it costs us, it costs the work, it costs the economy money because the workforce isn't able to do what it needs to do. It's not just about the money that you pay to rehab whatever thing is broken. Um, but speaking of, of, of paying to rehab broken things, I, every time, so okay, so I lived in Minneapolis when the 35W bridge collapsed. It actually fell on a house that my friend was living in. He was luckily outside at the time. He went, in, like he was right under the 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 over, like as the bridge gets out, like he's the last house there. So he went, he was in the water pulling people out, and I we we watched this and we thought, surely things change now. That's not supposed to happen in a major city, and they they rebuilt the bridge, but. There are a thousand 35W bridges all over the country, and in some cases, the repair of that bridge would cost the entire annual city budget for the, the place where the bridge is. That, that seems like an untenable, unsustainable um, way to, to rehab our infrastructure. Would this, bill, would this bill help rectify that? Would this bill fix those bridges for those cities that simply can't afford to? That is exactly what this bill aims to do. So, you know, this bill has uh, billions, hundreds of billions of dollars um, to be allocated to help communities uh, deal with those kinds of big ticket items that they can't afford. 
and make sure that they mm-hmm. rebuild in a way that can be resilient to climate change and uh, make sure that right. these investments that we're making can support those communities and their economies for decades to come. But it is, it's, you know, these are big ticket items. Uh, they will pay off over a long time. We know, I mean, there's so much research that shows that these kinds of investments do pay off. They, um, they, they crowd in private capital. That is that they then encourage private actors to start investing in places. When you build the infrastructure, mm-hmm. then, then private actors come. And um, so it pays off for the, for the government. It also pays off for the economy. Um, and, um, you know, and the federal government has the wherewithal to finance this. Right. And there's a lot of room, of course, to raise taxes. Uh, the president yesterday put out a, a bold plan to um, fix corporate taxes in a variety of ways, undoing many mm-hmm. of the distortionary aspects of the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act um, that will hopefully spur uh, investment in ways that that 2017 legislation didn't do. So these are both big investments that individual communities have a hard time uh, financing. uh, And, you know, uh, this package is really designed to help them do that across a variety of, of areas. So I, I want to ask specifically about broadband. Um, on, on, a, on a personal note, my my mother and I <laughs> bought a, a house last year. This year, we we just moved in. We're we're here. I wouldn't call it rural, but it's out there, and um, it's impossible to get internet. The gymnastics that we have had to go through to be able just just to work, just to be able to work from home. Um, we're not asking for anything fancy. It's just I need a reliable connection so that I can make my Zoom calls and I can host this show and I can, you know, make a living to pay for the house we just bought. Um, will I get Internet now? <laughs> <laughs> that, well, Congress has to act. <laughs> so it's okay, not okay. enough for the president just to say, but um, certainly that is a core piece of the plan. And again, we have seen that broadband is so core to our nation's infrastructure today, right? Yes. Um, all the things that you just said, Jess, you know, allowing people to live all across this country and to be able to telecommute to work, to be able to do, you know, do their business. Um, you know, there are about a third of rural Americans do not have access to broadband. And the goal of this plan will be to replace um, or to ensure that everybody has access to it and to make sure that it is affordable. Um, because that's the other thing, yeah. United, you know, folks here in the United States, we pay more than other countries and um, don't necessarily get better service. And so there are certain there are a lot of elements of the broadband package to address that as well. So what happens next? Like, take us through the logistics. We got the we got the big speech yesterday. We now know what's in the package. What are the steps that you know? How does this bill become a law? Well, um, so the president made a speech. Um, he put out uh, a long fact sheet with a bunch of details on the specifics of the plan. And um, now I think it's a full throttle uh, exercise to engage Congress and to hear from people about, you know, all of the details of the various components and then, you know, get the, the House and the Senate to take this over the finish line. Um my understanding is that um, Speaker Pelosi is already moving on this and has said that the House will take this up over the next six to eight weeks and and work this through. So I think that, that you know those are the next steps. It's you know how to make sure that this works for um, for those mm-hmm. in Congress and that it works for the American people. So I, I want to make sure that as we as we follow the next steps, we don't get caught up in the process, right? Like the process is important because the process is how we get it done. But what really matters 
is the outcomes. You know, it doesn't it doesn't so much matter with the political machinations behind the scene to get something done. It's it's about what it does for people. So is is will there be a full court press on the part of the Biden administration to make sure that Americans understand exactly what relevance this package has to their their lives? Is is that going to be your focus? Well, I can certainly say that that is that uh, I am here today to help do that. Um, I know that many mm-hmm. of my colleagues are out, um, you know, and cabinet officials are out making the case, um, helping to explain this big, bold investment to the American people. And I, you know, the president has made clear that this is his priority. He's been clear since the campaign that he wanted to contain the virus. And then he wanted to build back better. And that this package that we talked about yesterday is a core piece of that. So I expect that the next few months um, you're going to hear a lot about what this um, what this means to the American people, what it means for businesses, for families, for communities and all of the economic and social benefits that um, the package includes. So I, I think you'll be hearing a lot more from us on that. I'm just so excited that it's it's infrastructure in the traditional sense, plus it addresses climate change, plus it addresses our care economy. I wasn't expecting a package to be that holistic and 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 that um, and that expansive, frankly. So I'm 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 very hopeful about um, your ability to sell the American people on this because it seems like a really really easy sale. Um, but not many people actually think of addressing climate change as a job creator. Will will this be able to, to sort of shift that narrative a little bit? Well, I, I certainly hope it shifts the narrative because we have to, right? I mean, the reality is right. we have to make things differently, right? That's what, that's what adapting to climate change means. We have to have different kinds of cars, right? Instead of running on gasoline, they need to run on electricity, and that electricity needs to not um, add carbon to the economy, but um, you know, but be these new green uh, energy sources that can help make, you know, help us to address climate change. And so those shifts, it, it's going to create jobs. It's going to create jobs all across our economy because it's a, it's, it's a change, but. You know, I think the, the core is we need to think about this as a change in how we do things and one that will benefit us all, um, the workers and the planet, for the long haul. Because if we continue on the path we're on, the costs are going to be exorbitant and those costs are going to drag down our economy. They're going to kill jobs along with, you know, the damage it's doing to the to the planet and to right. communities. Um, so... Uh, the, the, you know, in this plan, there are so many pieces that are really targeted at how it is that we support that transition to a carbon neutral economy and make sure that we're maintaining those good jobs in the process. A lot of the details are focused on on that specific aspect. So obviously the right thing to do at this point is to call your representatives and say that you heard the speech or you read the plan and you absolutely love it and you want to see it done as quickly as possible. What kind of a timeline are we looking at? When should we be really mad that, that, that Congress hasn't done this yet? Well, you know, this is urgent. And um, I, I think that this is definitely something that Congress is going to be debating and working on over the next couple of months. Um, and okay. so I, I expect them to act quickly. And certainly that is the president's intention as well. Yeah, it seems like we are we are headed for a recovery summer if we all do uh, the things that we that we need to do. Um, Heather Boucher, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It was absolutely awesome to talk to you. Come back anytime. Oh, it was my pleasure, Jess. Thank you so much.
Thank you all so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Zerlina Maxwell, at Jess underscore MC, and at Signal Boost Show. 